Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yeah. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? Yeah. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, we're okay. In the last episode on the Comfortable with Chaos podcast, I'm your host, Eric Helberg, and you know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents. We're just passionately curious passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. Certainly, how in the hell did we get here and where is it that we want to go? And I'm explaining that to you. I am explaining my process of life, what I have contended with, what I have been through. If you've listened to my roughly now 90 episodes, you should have a certain feel. Have you found any commonality? My guess is you have. Have you dealt with some of these things? My guess is you have. Have you, as a generally well-meaning man, not a heathen, attempted to sacrifice, let go of yourself, so that you can better serve your loved ones around you? My guess is you have. But since we're talking about Annie, are you okay? This is a continuation of the episode, Doug, are you okay? Now, I had one of my buddies from Michigan. He called me yesterday after listening to the broadcast and said, Damn, Eric, you know I don't dip and that's gross. I can hear your juicy spits during the the monologue. Yes, you are correct. You know we're trying to get Black Buffalo to sponsor this show. So pay attention, Black Buffalo, and here's my spit. All right. Now, my guess is, unless you're dialed in into Christian television and or you've had some shakiness in your marriage and because of your conscientiousness, and a willingness to make it better, no matter the cost, no matter the toil. You have those feelings inside of you. Moreover, you know that you have a covenant, a commitment. And I would tell you that men probably do a much better job with just simply those two words. And you're like, Eric, how can that be? Women, they feel everything. Oh, yeah. Mm. And they're the weaker vessel, and they're always looking for for the good. Really? Did you know that 80% of all divorces in America are initiated by the weaker vessels? Oh, yeah. The female species? Did you know that, and this is for churched as well as unchurched, the stats may be a bit skewed, a couple of numbers here and there, but essentially they're the same. 
and it is ominous. And that is why we are all depraved. 50 plus percent of first marriages fail. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is for the second? 60 plus percent, churched or unchurched. Can you imagine when we get into the third? Oh, yeah. Right off the bat, three out of four are going down. Why would you do it? The numbers are against you. We know that numbers, meaning finite things, they do not lie, correct? All right. Well, we will continue. And I hope that the concepts presented here, and of course, they're simply the opinions of a fallen man, because what we're talking about is a monolithic enterprise that is very smug and self-secure. And we are mentioning Doug Weiss, his compatriots, the Heart to Heart Counseling Center, Daystar Television. And you know what? Just like I ended the broadcast yesterday, we rolled Jimmy Evans into this mother, didn't we? Oh, we sure did. Marriage on the rock, baby. Did you know that Jimmy says that you have a 100% success rate in marriage? However, only if you do it God's way. Did I fail there? Yeah, absolutely. Who is actually doing it in God's way? We can attempt. We certainly can. And we can get into that crucible, the fire. And man, we can boil it down and we can ladle out the dross on top as that gold is getting more pure and more pure and more pure. But it is a process. And so is this life as we attempt to have salvation. But marriage is a big part of that. So my question is, since we were deceived at Heart to Heart Counseling Center, meaning, and let's backtrack a little bit, we know that the founder and the developer of the program kept it under wraps that not only was he having marital problems, and all of his counselors that he confided with, you know, his close compadres, they knew. And then ultimately it culminated in a divorce. That too was kept hush-hush. And this happened over a duration of time whereby operations never ceased. They were never altered. And it was business as usual. Okay. Now, can I fault people? Kind of like you hear the old adage that people vote with their pocketbooks, especially at the federal level where the big dollars come in and the big interests have a lot of sway. People typically vote. They could give a damn less about anything else except does this give them the opportunity to make more money? Well, that certainly rings true at heart to heart. And I'm sure all of the people on staff, now there will be some staffers that really didn't know, 
But the counselors, they knew it all. And they took an oath. Now, yeah, you can have blinded loyalty to a leader. Absolutely. Especially a charismatic leader. And especially a leader who plucked you up from your distress, your peril, and gave you an opportunity to make money in other people's distress and peril. My God. If you look at the lives of some of these counselors, what all they have endured, certainly. What all they've been exposed to. What all they have taken part in. I mean, for a generally well-meaning, disciplined man, that may actually make you not want to go there. Right? But we know that anything we do to promote righteousness is a filthy rag in accordance with our Lord above. However, isn't there some disparity? Now, they certainly make a mark of disparity, a distinction of your worth and value, especially if you're the male perpetrator. And there are female perpetrators that go there. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? You go there as a female perpetrator, and Mr. Doug Weiss sits in front of you and says, Hey, I know your husband hasn't bathed in two days. He's been on a drinking binge. Jump in the bed and have sex with that mother. Okay, never mind that you were raped at 16 and then in an abusive relationship two years later. You may have some barriers there, but jump in there and, hey, make that boy feel good. Hmm. There may be some reticence there, right? And since Heart to Heart considers itself an elite counseling service, I could have plucked that from my own mind, but I believe it is in some of their verbiage and or literature. What is in their literature, though, and I read it verbatim last episode, is that they are going to get to the foundation of whatever your problems may be. Doug says that he addresses trauma. And then, once they get to the specific issues that are haranguing you, they will then give you the modalities so you can move forward afterwards and alleviate these concerns. My God, that sounds good. Certainly to desperate people, it sounds good. And did you know that desperate people will grab oftentimes at just about anything? So the point to that is, is when you are at your weakest and or your most desperate, whatever that involves for you, take a step back as hard as it is and take a dispassionate discerning approach, find out more about what it is that you are looking to grab that could potentially help you. Or better yet, most of my listeners, and I just got a text from one, and I know he's a successful guy, successful in the ability to earn money, if you want to call it that, and therefore he has investments. Did you know when you invest, oftentimes they give you a prospectus and says, 
past returns are in no way, and we're paraphrasing, predictors of future success. What it's really saying is your, and let's bring it down to our individual level, your past success, your past achievements, in fact, anything good about you is in no way a predictor of what is to perhaps befall you down the road. That's the mystery of life. Now, if you live solely for yourself, or you're one of these guys like Doug Weiss, it's my way or the highway, well, you can mitigate all those things. Other than the things you simply cannot control, you control all of your own thoughts, actions, deeds, what you pursue, what you don't pursue. And so that's very easy to do. Right, Doug? You look great as a bodybuilder. Okay, but that's not how generally well-meaning men choose to live. And in going back to that initial, let's say, intake, the moment you walk into that facility, they hand you a clipboard. You start shoring up your paperwork, but literally in under a minute, they come and they receive payment in full for the whole week to come. Now, you know that they have this stuff broken down to a per diem rate, what a counselor gets paid, what the facility keeps. What if you're at a group setting, a group meal in a restaurant, and they bring you a dish. You take the initial bite, and for whatever reason, it doesn't suit your palate. Typically, you can return that dish if you notify the server, i.e. the counselor, and or the management, i.e. Doug and his administrative staff, and you're not charged for it. In fact, what they'll probably do is offer you a substitute. Right? You don't have to go forward and pay for something that you don't agree with and or you don't like. But my guess is the reason that they take that payment in full is they know that there is going to be a few things encountered that oftentimes many men and women may not like, but now you're locked in. In fact, they only have one template, and there is a bias by which they work with. Can you imagine, let's say you lost a child, and you're depressed, or a parent, and you go to see a psychologist, Doug's a psychologist. They are going to spend a considerable amount of time with you. And they are going to compile information. And then they are going to come back and render some type of diagnosis. And then, based upon what has been presented, then a prognosis 
whereby we can administer this care, this aid, this help. It comes out of compassion and wanting to see you become better. And this is what we're going to do. Can you simply walk into a room and in 10 minutes be told without ever going into any difficulty that you have encountered, any struggle? Now, we know that women have feelings, right? In fact, that's the hallmark of their life. If they feel it, then it ought to be so, right? Okay. What about yours? Do men have feelings? Do they have aspirations, ambitions? Do they have concerns? Do they have a life? And if only 90%, or let's back this up. Let's say, let's say 75% of all their thoughts, actions, and deeds are directed toward their spouse. But yet, those feelings don't coincide with that effort from the other end? Are they wrong? I mean, feelings just go on and on and on and on. All right, let's bring this back home a little bit more. We're back in that group setting, having the meal, right? Whereby we took the first bite and we didn't enjoy it. What if 10 people are at dinner? Everyone enjoys it immensely, except one person. One person doesn't like it. They've already sent the dish back multiple times. They've tried different options. Hmm. In fact, the server was a little slow. They didn't fill their glass. They weren't attentive enough, despite the fact everyone else seems content. But that person never seems pleased, despite the rest of the group having that level of at least being okay, contentment. Can you really make someone happy externally? Can you really make someone happy via behaviors or modifications therein? Or is it incumbent upon a person to simply be okay enough with themselves that they have a general level of contentment with who they already are inside? Now, oftentimes in movies and in broadcast, we hear that or we see that no animal was hurt in the filming of this movie about horses. Certainly not. Okay. And oftentimes we'll use acronyms. We'll use different descriptors to protect the innocent, right? Well, I'm going to tell you that these folks, and I'm going to simply use initials. And unless you've had one of these encounters at this facility or been in and around this world, 
you'll have no idea who it is that I am talking about, but we're going to distill them down to initials for these individuals. And I think the concepts will still ring true. Now, keep in mind, it's just one man's opinion. Now, I'll tell you this. Other than one couple that I went through this program with, and he broke contact with us. Um, He worked in the defense industry. He's a pretty cool dude, an old 82nd Airborne trooper. And I think the program probably did wonders for him because he was already frigid as an iceberg. Oh, yeah. To take a look at this guy and to get him to say one word without having to contemplate it for about five minutes, I I would say it's kind of like a new workout program. You have your best gains initially. So we all lost contact with him because of his schedule. But did you know I'm the last man standing, if you don't include him, with everyone that I went through it with? All those couples went by the wayside. And it was very deleterious, disastrous. In their lives leading up to it. And once this program weaponized everything and literally gave them the pickaxes, the sledgehammers, and then after the males in most cases were totally beat down, then the shovels to go ahead and bury them. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you have a group protocol, right? The group protocol is you're going to have a weekly call-in group, and you're going to hem and haul and talk to men, but the conversations always revolve around what it could potentially be that you're not doing for your lady. Understand how they feel. And just keep working harder. Keep working harder. Follow the behavioral modification techniques, very much akin to Pavlov's dog. And if your wife wants to ring the bell, wag that damn tail. Run on in there. It's supper time, baby. Now, in these groups, here is my experience. There were multiple guys in my group initially, and I was considered a strong man. But somehow I had become debauled in the process of my relationship. So since I get along with men well, and I would tell you that in communal settings with men, and now Doug, Doug, come on now, Doug Weiss. You say it all the time. Only men can build up other men, right? And if you think that a man (laughs) who's been put flat on his back can rise up and do everything that you prescribe and be successful, and he gets put flat on his back over and over and over, eventually the dude's probably going to hit his head, right? Even if you've been taught how to fall, remember judo, jujitsu, I've done a little bit of that. I I know how to fall. Well, after multiple falls or pushdowns, eventually you'll hit something that hurts. And you can't quite get up as fast. 
And that's when your level of service may actually begin to wane. But in these groups, in these groups, the majority of my men, and this is after being in these group settings, keep in mind, they went to this counseling service or they came from another and were put into this group. They also have individual counselors that they're paying for because they simply don't understand. They simply do not understand. But yet they've been in this group also paying per month for three, five years, six years. Have one old boy that I'm buddies with up in Connecticut. And what these counselors will say is, oh, they've been in my world a long time. 12, 13 years. Is that healing? Is that what this program wants? Is that what it constitutes success? Where in the hell does a man go anywhere in life and consider a beatdown whereby he is in the middle of it and tolerating it for a decade or more and consider that a success? Well, that's when you certainly have to believe in the Lord, right? So for these groups, the results were not any different than what I encountered with the couples that went through these intensives with me. Guys couldn't take their personal struggles. They fell out of the group. Marriages ended in divorce. In fact... My group leader was constantly combing. Now, of course, this is like a sales floor. I mean, recruitment is key, right? Because how many salespeople fizzle out? So the way you keep a sales organization going or an organization like Doug Weiss's, it's not retention. It's recruitment. And so my group leader was constantly having to reconstitute our group. It got smaller and smaller and smaller, despite the fact he was constantly plugging in new men. Hell, some would be put in the group and never even made it to call one. And I'll tell you this. I told you in episode one, I'm a graduate of the program. It's all well documented. It was acknowledged by my group leader by whom I presented the steps to these men. Not only that, I did an additional program during that recovery protocol led by a lady. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Those initials are JL. Now, her husband was involved. That's RL. But he sat there like a deaf mute. Oh, yeah. Feeble. What type of militant authoritarianism has that guy been exposed to? We were told only men counsel men. And right, Doug? Only men can build up a man? But yet, for some reason, if they'll pay you to better understand, this is after you've already gone through the group with you. You can then pay for this additional group. And boy, they have a lot of others too. I just called horseshit on it. And now you can tap into better understanding your wife's feelings even more because you don't have any. And you need to curtail all activities and or become 
whatever it is she has fantasized about her whole life since she was a little girl. Okay, well, that's great. And now you're going to come under the yoke of this lady, despite the fact she should only be counseling other ladies. And she's going to let you know whereby you're deficient. And if you only do this, mm-mm, your spouse will be happy. Well, obviously, with these situations I am demonstrating to you in these numbers, that's not the case. For some reason, that is not the case. So always plugging in other men into the groups because no one could stay there. They would all fall by the wayside. A lot of times after a period of many years. The only other guy that completed the step work is another fellow Texan. Hey, remember the Alamo? Yeah, we know Texans are badass. We're strong guys. Cool. All right. Well, he completed it. None of the others that I spent time in, and I kind of morphed into a go-to guy in that group. And you know what? I was always an advocate for their wives and their effort. But I guess they're all lazy mother... They just don't care about their wives. Well, you know what? They cared enough to let their ass hang out and be vulnerable and go over there and do something about it. They're no different than most of society. They just simply, like me, could afford the program and or had cared enough to find out about the program and went there as a last-ditch attempt to alleviate a lot, a lot of strife and heartache and make a marriage better. Hmm. Now, Doug, remember, I've watched some of your interviews on Daystar. And I know in one, it wasn't Joni that actually interviewed you. It was a different lady from the organization, and you were a little bit more standoffish, still in the body language, right? Right, JL? You're a behaviorist. You can notice these things. Well, I've made a living on the streets for 20 plus years, where many times my life was on the line. So yeah, I'm a behaviorist too. The difference between me, you, Doug, RL, any of these mofos, is that I would go to where these people felt comfortable in their own business, at their own home, and or under property at properties under their charge, places they felt comfortable. They were not vulnerable. I was in their hood. And you know what happens then? You actually get the true essence and character of a being when you walk into their area of operation. They're not going to bullshit you. They're going to be who they actually are. But yeah, you get the men coming to you with their asses out. You've got a leg up on them because they've come to you. And they're in a very vulnerable state. And since men build men, why don't you try building them? Why don't you actually try helping them? They're not pariahs coming to you. Right, JL? Why are you even in that position over men when men build men? Why? 
because your husband's gone to that facility three to five times. It was such a wonderful experience, you decided to turn it into an income opportunity. You guys are cadre now, teachers. Except the dude on the male side, he doesn't say a peep. And when he is confronted with an obstacle that another man is having, I certainly didn't go to him. I already knew he was ineffectual. But other friends of mine in the program did. It all fell on deaf ears. No protocols rendered. In fact, just a simple, well, what can I do to help you? Well, not a damn thing. I don't need advice on how to get on the next Royal Caribbean boat and figure out a way to eat as much as I can on the buffet. Remember? Self-discipline? Generally well-meaning? Okay. Well, in one of those old interviews, Doug, you said that 50% of the population, and this was old, you know it's higher now, right? Is sexually addicted. Yeah, they're sexually addicted, meaning they're viewing pornography, they're in and out of massage parlors, they're adulterous. God knows what all they're doing. And one of the main tenets of that process is, is these guys slink around in the damn dark, choking their chicken till it's a nub. You did it. The people's initials I just gave, they did it. Dude. I stopped doing that shit in high school for the most part. And I felt intense shame when I did it even back then. So if society as a whole is so inept, why are you casting aspersions on the people who come in and give you big money? Why would you not have a vested interest in helping them and building them up? Men make men, right? We don't tear down other men. And if you kill yourself trying to meet your wife's needs, but she just doesn't feel it? Hmm. Okay. Who's the judge and jury over that? And where does that end? Once you're at such a high level of service, you've heard me in previous episodes, can you de-escalate? No, they're used to that level of service. They need it. They enjoy it. That blurred line between wants and needs. But now you've got some new things that need to be pursued. Okay. So let's say I lay on my back. Or any man lays on his back. And his spouse comes to him. Now, granted, these are all marriages, spouses. So in that regard, the men and women are doing it right, right? They're not out hanging with prostitutes. They're not in massage parlors. They're not with escort services, much like much of the staff. Okay. And let's say one of these women says, you know what? For our prescribed sex language of fun... You need to lay perfectly still and let me tickle you with a feather. And don't do anything. You're, you're, you're not allowed to move, but let me, let's use this feather. 
Okay, you know what? Let's do it for 35 minutes. 45 minutes to an hour may be a little bit extreme. But you, don't, you, you can't react. You need to lay there still. If you can't make it through that, does that mean you don't love your wife? Does that mean, JL, that we have perpetuated an act because we are actually predatory? And we chose our women because we wanted to fool them? Hmm. I see. And that there was never actually any love in our heart? You can define that? You can define that, Doug? You can define that, RL? Okay, JL. You've been there five friggin' times. You now work there. Is that what you're husband did to you? He fooled you? You're still with him, right? You're talking about all these monstrosities of problems that are endemic in our culture. If you guys really want to help, Doug, you've got a spot on Daystar Television. It goes out to millions. Get on there and do something for free. Convene a large group. Better yet, go to them. Society is so defunct. And help these men that are in desperate need of your help. Hmm, okay. That hasn't happened for some reason. We know that the world's falling apart, but somehow because you had conscientious men who cared, they helped to find you came to be vulnerable, looking for a better course of action. None of these others have. But, of course, the kicker is is that they can't afford you. So there they are. And you cannot support them. Here's another one. <clears throat> Since most of you guys' peoples fall into two camps, they're either sexually addicted or... Perhaps they're not having enough sex. They're intimacy anorexic. All right? Is sex two to three times a week enough? I don't know. I heard Rabbi Manus Friedman say the average married couple is lucky if they have sex once or twice a month. So is three to four times a week enough? Um, after you've had a good go of it and then, you know, have a little bit of afterglow, express all kinds of tenderness and closeness and what's on your heart. Of course, it has to be defined that way by someone. And I actually thought that love was what you felt coming out of yourself, not what someone else receives. How can you know what it is that they receive? How can you know what else they are feeling? It's what it comes out of you. And then I guess ultimately what is coming out of the other. And if you have express approval granted to you, but then you find out in fact you didn't, well, maybe sex two to three times on average a week really isn't enough. Hmm. Okay. Well, since Jimmy Evans married you guys off, 
Remember right after you divorced your wife, Doug, and Joni's husband died. What I'm wanting to know on your end, did you simply not do marriage God's way? Because Jimmy, another well-known pastor, says you have a 100% chance of success if you do marriage God's way. So my question is, Doug, did you not do marriage the way the Lord constructed it? And or does your program simply not work? Remember in episode one, I mentioned that many men are faltering, and I've already described that for you, how that actually takes place. And these are the men that cared enough to get there in the first place and try to take action and make something occur differently for the sake of preserving their lives. I didn't say just their life, their lives. That means the life of their spouse, the life of their children, if those are still in play. Uh, You have to realize there's a lot of retired people there, people with these ongoing concerns for many, many decades and many, many years. But what we have found is it's no different than society at large that hasn't had the benefit of even going there. And in most cases, being able to afford going there. And then they're laden with all these ancillary services that they can also then pay for. At what point is therapy enough? At what point do you simply get to stand up and say, you know, you're a decent person? At least in the fleshly realm, right? Well, what I'm going to tell you is that is that it simply doesn't work because men have to work. Unless the couple's already retired. They have kids. They have other things swirling around them in this wonderful thing we called life. There are interests. There's actually something else in this world that exists besides our wives. Right, Doug? Multiple books, multiple speaking engagements, Christian broadcast radio program intensives at your center. Um bodybuilding. I mean, you're no stranger to anything like that, right? And we know to do this recovery program adequately, it becomes a full-time job. Group sessions, perhaps individual sessions, homework, book work. If you really, really care, I suppose you take on extra layers from within the program. And, you know, Doug's got 40-something books, I guess you can go through them all in the exercises. Many of them are longitudinal exercises that take months and months at a time to complete. Wow. Really? Men are faltering because it is simply too much. But guess what? I did it. In fact, I laid it all down so I could do it. Do I get an attaboy? No. Did you get an attaboy, Doug? Despite founding the program and prescribing the program, and really you didn't found much of anything. 
you tweak some nuances off the Alcoholics Anonymous program, the 12-step program. And moreover, that calls upon a belief in some type of higher power. But now you guys have morphed into the fact that really God is dispensable, not indispensable. You're asking men to be totally selfless, which for women too is impossible without the Lord's help. No one is selfless. And to lay down everything and to get this right and to get it done as quickly as possible, right? Because we know that women initiate 80% of divorces. And you've got a whole section over there in your organization queued up to help them exercise that right. So men are really under fire. But yet somehow, the women are hanging on, and these men are going years and years. I guess it's because their husbands were just simply predators who picked uh, their unknowing potential spouses out so they could abuse them, right? It's simply too much, and that's why men are faltering. Now, let's look at your case, Doug. Jimmy came in there and said that you had experienced a pattern of unrecoverable emotional abuse. My goodness. And that you had deteriorated as a man despite all your endeavors. It looked like you were living the big life, man. And I guarantee you, if I would have walked in there and said I wanted to have any aspiration that you actually do day in and day out because we are living a life, the exercise of an actual life is not a sin and or criminal. You would have told me to get the F out of there after you took my money and said you don't have a chance in hell, but yet it was okay for you. So I guess what you really define emotional abuse as, Doug, and we, we know that Pastor Evans has said it too. He says it's God's will. It was God's way. I guess you simply define emotional abuse as, let's spell it out, W-I-F-E, a wife you simply couldn't get over on any longer. I think we need to go into episode three. So until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock.